Welcome to your Lot and Parcel podcast. Our mission is to emphasize the importance of preserving historic landmarks for future generations, mental health, physical well-being, and a safe family home environment. We value your monetary support. Here's your host, Benjamin F. Diaz. Founded in 1811, McLean Hospital is a leader in psychiatric care, research, education, and is the largest psychiatric teaching hospital of Harvard Medical School. Their staff, I want you to know, are dedicated to improving the lives of individuals and families affected by mental illness. Let's welcome Dr. Jacqueline Sperling, clinical psychologist and co-director, to tell us more about this wonderful hospital. And here she is. Thank you, Jacqueline, for coming on my show. I appreciate uh, you visiting with us. And I think what we are going to be discussing is very important, uh, a very important topic, in fact, and that's mental health. Now, before we get into our discussion, please tell us a little bit about you and the organization that you do represent, Jacqueline. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today. Um, So I am a clinical psychologist by training. I am the co-founder and co-program director of the McLean Anxiety Mastery Program, which is an intensive outpatient group-based program for children and adolescents with anxiety disorders and or obsessive compulsive disorder at McLean Hospital, which is a psychiatric hospital affiliated with Harvard Medical School. And um, I also am the author of the young adult book, Find Your Fears, How to Put Social Anxiety in Its Place, as well as a contributor for Harvard Health Publishing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, that's interesting. I, uh, sounds like uh, you're a busy, uh, busy girl, <laughs> if you ask me. But, uh, well, good. Congratulations. You know, I, I, um, what prompted me to reach out to you is, as I indicated at the outset, mental health is a very important topic, and I know it because um, it's it's uh, well, it's it's an issue that many have to deal with, you know, currently. But would you be so kind and and, and provide some statistics that underscore our visit today? Provide some statistics just in terms of like how. Yeah, the rates how, of mental illness exactly, right now. And, exactly, how pervasive. Um, mm-hmm. So right now, I think particular a, a study that stands out is that with just in the year of 2020, um, research collected you mm-hmm. know, studies that examined a total of over 80,000 youth worldwide and found that the depression and anxiety rates doubled just in that year. Mm. And so just really recognizing, you know, mental illness rates had been on the rise before then it already had been a challenge and that the Mm -hmm. pandemic really amplified things and i think we're also you know as that search has continued the number of mental health treatment providers did not increase commensurately Mm -hmm. so there is a challenge where there's an increase in need of those there's an increase in need for those need treatment and Mm -hmm. there's not enough treatment there aren't enough treatment providers available for them. Mm-hmm. And um, so you're you're in the East Coast, correct? You're in uh, mm-hmm. New England, Massachusetts, and um, I'm sure you cover that area. Um, what? Uh, of course, there's many people think about mental health, and many may have some 
misconceptions. Would you relate to us any myth or misconceptions to uh, as to mental health that, that you find in your fields of discipline? Sure. I think, you know, there are a handful that come to mind. One is that I think, you know, understandably, this is very mm -hmm. common, Frederick, in the community where some parents might think like, oh, it's just a phase through which my child is going. Mm -hmm. Um, where it may not necessarily be a phase that if, you know, a child is starting to withdraw or starting to act out, starting to struggle in school, then I would not wait to get that child support, support mm -hmm. available that, you know, there are tools available, there are life tools, you know, whether or not you're, regardless of the level of the struggle there that you, from which you can benefit. Yeah. So not to assume that this is something that will just pass over time and to really equip children with the tools that they need and deserve. Yeah. Um, another one is, and there's a lot of stigma out there. I think mm -hmm. we have made a lot of gains, you know, particularly during the pandemic because it highlighted um, the need for mental health care. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot, there's, there's we still have a long way to go with that though. I think some people find that seeking care might be a sign that they're, they're weak and they can't do it on their own thing is mental health care is health care mm -hmm. we don't cure our physical ailments ourselves um and so i'm gonna say like you know you have this disease you're weak by going to go see the doctor um no you're seeking appropriate care for something that needs treatment and the same goes for one's mental health that's really important to take care of it and that it makes you actually very courageous and brave mm -hmm to seek out that support. You're making yourself vulnerable. We work really hard in therapy. Mm -hmm. No, I, I can understand that. I, uh, yeah, parents, uh, I'm, I've been a parent. I've raised three kids and grown and gone. Right now, currently I'm a granddad. And I I don't know what it is, but sometimes uh, I guess parents get into the idea, well, he'll grow out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, or he's going through a phase or, puberty or whatever okay and uh, um, maybe it's self-denial I don't know but uh, it's uh, it can be uh, it can be uh, a problem especially for the the youngster and a stigma when we speak about a stigma what is it, what, what is it is it someone's afraid of perhaps uh, aberrational behavior from that you know that you may experience from that person or uh, how would you define that uh, stigma? Um, I would say that um, there's there's shame. Mm. I think often to be open about the struggle that people often find that they have to conceal it, that there's something wrong with them, that they're broken if they're experiencing this, that people might um, think of them differently because mm. they're experiencing this or, you know, that they might be um, further isolated if they reveal that they're struggling with mental illness. And the tricky thing is, you know, well, there are many tricky things about this, but one in particular. So, for example, if you break your arm and you wear a cast, the injury is visible and someone can, you know, offer, you know, support. They're going to open the door for you, right? If you need, mm -hmm. like, you can't put their broken arm. But for someone who may be experiencing a form of depression or an anxiety disorder, their struggles are often internal and that people can't often see them. And so mm -hmm. that you often feel very alone because you couldn't just 
identify someone off the street that they're suffering from that. And so I think people feel further isolated. And the more that we don't talk about it, the more they're not aware that other people are experiencing it. So I think that's where the stigma is. It's like, I have to go on this alone um, because it's shameful to be open about this and to be experiencing this. Mm-hmm. And as I said, so makes you human to experience emotions and emotions sometimes can take charge and it makes you very courageous and brave if you seek the support that you deserve yeah no i uh i agree with you it does take some some uh some uh, visceral uh, fortitude to you know move forward and, and get help uh, but it is true you know i mean you, you it is a disability and it's not obvious as is you would probably of course see someone in a wheelchair or like you said a cast wearing a cast um, or someone with autism uh, it's not an obvious uh, immediate not an immediate obvious issue at all so I can uh, I can appreciate what you're saying what types so you did mention a few as to what the hospital uh, treats there um, what what other disorders does McLean Hospital provide McLean offers a wide range of services for mm-hmm. um, both, you know, the youth population, so children, adolescents, and also okay. the adult population, ranging all the way for um, the older adult population as well. Mm-hmm. And there are a very the variety of different treatment programs and also levels of care, meaning we have outpatient and what that looks like. You either go to a treatment session for 50 minutes a week, we have um, an intensive outpatient group-based program. So at our program, kids come to our program for multiple hours in the afternoon, four days Mm -hmm. a week for a minimum of four weeks. Um, There are also some programs called partial level of cares, meaning that they go there for around roughly, let's say, nine to three, but they sleep at home. And then there's residential levels of care where they they stay there in program. Um, and that's for about like a two-week stay. And then there's also inpatient, which is the highest level of care, um, where mm-hmm. then also they stay. And that's for where someone um, may not be able to have any trouble keeping themselves safe or safe from others um, or having really trouble functioning or in- engaging in their daily routines. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, of course, uh, you indicated the COVID um, episode that we had. Um, I'm sure that it has exacerbated the issue. I'm sure. Have you seen a spike on uh, because of that? Uh, I can say so for in our program in particular, okay. um, since the start of the pandemic. So we ask uh, children and their caregivers, um, mm-hmm. I'll say parents for to complete report measures on mm-hmm. how they feel like, you know, the children report on how they feel like they're feeling and then parents will report on how they feel like their children are doing. And we collect the data at different time points when they first start and each week and then when they leave them three months afterward. And parents are reporting that their children are experiencing higher rates of anxiety at the start of the program um, when, during the pandemic as opposed to before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that being said, despite the increase in anxiety that was reported by parents, this is the one time where you wouldn't want a significant effect is that we found that our treatment was just as effective 
when it was in person before the pandemic and it was virtual during the pandemic and even when we controlled for the higher rates of anxiety that were reported by parents that the treatment was just as helpful mm-hmm. um and our program right now is a hybrid where we're one day a week in person and the rest virtual and that gives us a confidence to be able to offer families some flexibility to be able to have some of that remote programming and that allows us also to be able to address um some of their experiences in their home and in their communities versus just at the clinic Mm-hmm. You are listening to your Lot and Parcel podcast. Please tell a friend and support the educational program by leaving us a rating or review. We thank you in advance. We are spending time with a clinical psychologist and the co-director of McLean Hospital of Harvard Medical School. And she is discussing with us the gold standard of mental health care. And incidentally, McLean Hospital consistently ranks as a top hospital because they recognize the importance of partnering with their patients and their families. And to learn more about this marvelous hospital, you will find the link in the show notes. Let's get back with her. And here she is, Dr. Jacqueline Sperling. So a treatment, what does that consist of? Um, uh, therapy, or can, can you ex- explain to me what what is it to, that you folks do as far as treatment protocol? At our particular program, or are you talking in? Yeah, yes, in your program. Yeah. So our program is primarily focused on cognitive behavioral therapy oh, with exposure okay. and response prevention. So that's yeah. the therapy provided by psychologists partnering with their doctoral level student trainees and then we also have psychiatrists on our team so Mm -hmm. it's a interdisciplinary team every child every family gets assigned a psychologist a psychiatrist and a doctoral student they end up working with a bunch of people on the team but that's their mini team to which they've been assigned Mm -hmm. um and so they get psychiatry consultation as well as the cognitive behavioral therapy with exposure and response prevention and what that therapy really focuses on is this foundation that your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are all connected. So to teach you tools of how to, whether you're addressing one component of the three at a time, two components or three components, there can be that trickle down effect. So if you address, for example, your thoughts and that can affect how you feel and your behaviors Mm -hmm. to empower you that way. There's also a specialized type of cognitive behavioral therapy, exposure and response prevention, and that teaches you how to gradually face your fears and learn that Mm -hmm. they're either the situations are not as challenging as you expected and or you could handle them yes yes i uh, my heart goes out to the young young ones um jacqueline i mean they they're going through the hormonal uh, change obviously then you, you add this on top of that you know it's just um it's it's uh, heartbreaking and you know I, in some cases it really is um but um, so apparently uh, what you provide is a combination of therapy and medication. If you have psychiatrists, uh, uh, mm-hmm. then apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, and speaking of um, the young ones, uh, uh, when does the, the onset of mental health issues emerge uh, when, we, when we are speaking of young ones? Uh, it will depend on the presenting concern. So it will really uh, depend. Um and their average age of onset. So like, for example, with obsessive 
obsessive compulsive disorder, average mm-hmm. age and onset could be age nine. However, mm-hmm. um, I've seen it present earlier. Um, and the same thing with social anxiety, they say around age 13. However, definitely have seen it shown up earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you can often see the mental state, like show up even like around in preschool. Mm. There you might see, and because that's often right, right where kids are having to separate from their mm. family. They're meeting new kids. They're trying new experiences. They're tasked with having to follow rules from uh, provided by other people. You might see, you know, from some disruptive behavior disorders, whether or mm. attention difficulties. So that's really where you, I think, things start to come to light when they have to, you know partake in activities outside of the home and they're interacting with other people you might see more show up so it can go down as even you know as young as that and before then mm-hmm. well, that's interesting uh, i uh in reviewing the the website you deal with in fact quite a quite a spectrum of mental health uh, disorders uh, uh schizophrenia is that how you pronounce that schizophrenia mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, do you deal with dysmorphic disorders uh, such as body dysmorphic disorder. Yeah, body dysmorphic. Yes. Um, yes, we d- we uh, have a youth who come in who also are experiencing body dysmorphic disorder. It's mm. under the umbrella of obsessive compulsive disorder and related disorders, mm. so yeah. they're connected. So it's will be common that we'll have a youth yeah. who come in with that presenting concern. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness, um, and, and and again, I, I think of the you know the, the past two and a half years or so or better. Uh, many of the young ones, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, humans, I mean, uh, they are we are a very gregarious uh, creatures. You know, we want to be uh, among. Well, you see it in nature. I mean, you know, you got flocks, you, you see herds, you see school of fish. I mean, uh, humans are very. Uh, uh, gregarious in that way where we want to be uh, together but uh, my gosh uh, the, the past two and a half years I, I, uh, I'm I afraid what we're going to be dealing with later down the road here with some you know um, being a dad I, I can I, you know I, I, am, I sympathize and empathize with young ones is there one disorder that is most pervasive Jacqueline? Anxiety disorders are the anxiety. most common disorders. Now, there are Gosh, several yeah. different kinds of anxiety disorders. Among those, specific phobias are the most common. So perhaps, a, you know, a phobia of needles or blood. Mm. That would be an example. Yeah. My goodness. And, of course, the social environment today is not helping at all. I. Uh, what's your take on that as far as the social environment, whether... whether uh, that might be a contributing factor as well. I could think of a range of options for a response to what are no. you referring? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we're talking about schools for one thing. There's a lot of controversy there um, where uh, kids are being, uh, instead of being educated, they're being indoctrinated, they say. Now, there's a lot of controversies. And, the, and what's so sad about it is the kids are right in the middle. They're taking the brunt you know, and uh, just uh, hoping for someone uh, that is an adult to make the right decision for them because obviously they're minors and cannot decide for themselves. Um, No, it's just there's so much there to to talk about. (laughs) But uh, but, um, 
I appreciate what you're doing there, and I, I want to thank you for being there. You know, it, uh, kids, uh, and you see, you get into adults as, as to seniors as well. Uh, you, you deal with seniors. The hospital, the hospital does. Yes, the our hospital. program goes up to age 19, but the oh, hospital okay. sees older adults as well. Gotcha. Yeah. So we're talking about Alzheimer's as far as the hospital uh, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Dementia. Mm-hmm. De- dementia. That I guess that's a that's just a definition of uh, mental. Uh, health i guess it's not it doesn't stand alone as its own diagnosis right dementia you know, like, like alzheimer's like there are different kinds of there are different forms of forms, dementia and like how that takes place you know okay gotcha yeah well I, let me ask you uh, jacqueline what, what is the latest news or breakthroughs in neuroscience if you would tell me in neuroscience yeah well i guess it's neuroscience is this what we're talking mental health right in mental health Yes, you know, I think, you know, particularly something that uh, was was exciting for us to see is that, as I mentioned, that the the virtual care was just as effective as the in-person mm-hmm. care. So I was mm-hmm. thinking about, like, how can we increase access um, in ways where telehealth can increase access where, you know, families are further away from a treatment, you know, from a treatment care facility that maybe perhaps we can help increase access that way. Mm-hmm. I think something about which we need to consider is that that also requires broadband, you know, internet as well as access to a device that can log on to it. Um, mm-hmm. So thinking about additional ways to increase that access as well as, you know, mm-hmm. There are certain libraries where you can check out laptops for free, since the Wi-Fi as well. Um, so it was exciting to see that that can be just as effective, so that we can reach the families that they're not for those who aren't as close to healthcare right. facilities. Um, and there's so much more for us to do. Just just because there's you know a program that can offer that support, we need to make sure that there are enough providers trained in evidence-based treatment, meaning that the treatment is supported by research to show that it can be helpful and are available for these mm-hmm. kids who need help and deserve it. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, you can't go wrong by, uh, you know, helping the young ones today. You cannot go wrong. Um, for our education, Jacqueline, would you speak to the, you have webinars, correct, on your website and workshops am i correct i've done different webinars for different organizations so i have done um webinar for the anxiety and depression association of america Mm -hmm. um and i've done a webinar for a program it's mcpap which is for uh, pediatricians in massachusetts um i've done a webinar through mclean regarding social media and youth Webinars here and there. Okay, uh, where are they where are they to be found uh, on your website there, uh, McLean Hospital website, or are they um, available? I'm kind of each of those three organizations that I just mentioned, ah, so McPAP okay. or ADAA or McLean. But if you, you know, I imagine if you Google my full name, Jacqueline Sperling, and then McLean Hospital, you may find some of them that way. Or if you go to the ADAA website, you'll find it there or McPAP. Okay, very good. Well, that's great. Uh, you cannot learn enough when it comes to this uh, uh, and how to maintain mental health. And uh, so how can my uh, audience uh, reach out to you and contact you for more information or your organization to get some some well, support, you know, uh, parents or for the young ones? Yeah, so 
Oh, sure. So if they're interested in the McLean Anxiety Mastery Program, the intensive mm -hmm. outpatient group-based program that I mentioned at McLean Hospital, mm -hmm. um, they can go to our program website, um, and that is mcleanhospital.org forward slash treatment forward slash MAMP, which is M like McLean, A like anxiety, M like mastery, P like program. Um, and then if you scroll down, there's a link for the application and there's also our program's email address should they have any questions. Um, but once they complete and submit the application, that begins the phone screen process and then one of our team members will reach out to see if it seems like a fit to schedule an initial evaluation. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. And again, I, I uh, appreciate the work you folks are doing there. Uh, I really do. And I um, thank you so much for your support of mm. mental health and youth. And I would also say that, you know, our program is for those who live in Massachusetts, but for those who live outside Massachusetts, you know, primary care providers, pediatricians on the front lines and um, can offer some, potentially some referral ideas in the community. Mm -hmm. I also mentioned that, you know, if if it feels like a fit, the the book Find Your Fierce, How to Put Social Anxiety in Its Place is available at public libraries as well as anywhere you buy your books. There you go. Very good. Well, Jacqueline, I want to thank you for visiting with us. I I think uh, what you had to say is noteworthy. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on your Lot and Parcel show. And I uh, wish you continued success and keep up the good work. Thank you so much and same to your podcast and, and happy holidays. Thank you for listening. The theme music has been provided by Echo Foxtone. All the opinions expressed in the podcast are opinions only and should not be relied on. We hope you will join us in supporting home and family through your monetary funding. For more information, please visit yourlotandparcel.org.